0: Miracles have occurred throughout history, but are there supernatural answers for the emotional, financial, physical, and spiritual needs we face today? Miracles still happen, and in the next few moments, Sam Luke will share practical insights into knowing the God of miracles. Join Sam and the Victory Tabernacle Church family as we encounter a God who makes miracles still happen. Hello, this is Pastor Sam, and welcome to Miracles Still Happen. I'm excited about today. This is Thanksgiving season. We are grateful to God for His many blessings, and I want to talk to you today about the attitude of gratitude. We recently had a men's conference, and one of our speakers was a good friend of mine, Chris Houston. He's written this book, From Male to Man to Mentor. I want you to have it. Here's what I want you to do. Take this number down, 804 744-8881. Now, I said take it down because you can call even after we're off the air, but here it is, 804-744-8881. And when you call me and share with me the name of a male in your home that you'd like, to me to, like for me to pray for, maybe he has a special need, or maybe you just want to see him get saved, I want to send you this book, and I want you to give it to him. In fact, I'm going to have the author autograph it, to him. How about that? So all you have to do is call me now again the numbers 804 744 and I'm going to send you this book absolutely free post paid no strings attached uh, because I'm thankful to God for you for being a part of our ministry. Okay? Let's do that now. Get ready. We're going into that service now with the power of God's at work and that service is in progress and you're going to experience the power and presence of God Almighty. And your life will be changed. Turn with me in your Bible to 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18. I want to talk to you about the attitude of gratitude. Everybody say the attitude of gratitude. Say it again. The attitude of gratitude. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Your attitude's a small thing, but it can make a huge difference in your life. Twin boys were about to celebrate a birthday, and even though they were identical, almost in, in, in every way, there was one huge difference between the two of them, and it was their attitude. One was a pessimist, the other was an optimist. And the parents decided they needed to make an attitude adjustment in these boys. So the one who was a pessimist, they decided to buy him everything a boy would want on his birthday. They bought him the best of everything, the best clothes. They bought him the best toys. They gave him everything that they could buy to try to change his attitude. in every package he opened, every present, this is not the color I want. This will wear out. This is not as good as Billy and what he got on his birthday. So pessimistic and they were disappointed. The optimist, on the other hand, needed an attitude adjustment. So instead of buying him any gifts at all, they gave to him a huge box of horse manure. He tore into it, looked at it, began to dig in it, throw it up in the air, smiling, laughing. And they said, son, what are you doing? He said, mom and dad, I know where this stuff is. There's a pony someplace. You need to have a positive attitude for three reasons. Number one, it attracts people to you with whom you can have a meaningful relationship. Why don't you try to be the person that you want in your life? Number two, it lightens the load. If you're enjoying the journey, it's less stressful. Number three, when you have the right attitude, the attitude of gratitude, it pleases your heavenly Father. Now... I got to tell you, there are people in the Bible that have had the wrong attitude. In Genesis, the fourth chapter, you read about two brothers, Cain and Abel. I don't know if one of them was a pessimist and the other an optimist, but I know that one of them had a really bad attitude. Cain killed his brother Abel. Cain was a farmer. Abel was a shepherd. And they both knew that God required a particular It was a prescribed sacrifice. It was a blood sacrifice. They knew that without the shedding of blood, there was no remission of sins. And God said at a certain place, I want you to come and bring a blood sacrifice. But Cain in his pride brought the very best vegetables that he could produce and presented them before the Lord. See, that's what's happening in the 21st century. Instead of us believing that God has already done everything that He needed to do in the plan of redemption, we decided that we would add certain things. That somehow that God would be impressed if we could just in our religion have other things in addition to Christ. Well, I got to tell you, it's Christ and nothing. Ephesians 2 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God and not of works, lest any man should boast. It's not about bringing your best gift to God and presenting it to Him, it's about honoring God for what He's already done. You see, you can't add anything to salvation. Jesus paid the total price on Calvary. When he marched up Calvary's lonely hill and gave his life a ransom for many, he became the sin substitute and the sin sacrifice for all men of all ages throughout all of time. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. It's not Jesus in the catechism. It's not Jesus in water baptism. It's not Jesus in church membership. It's not Jesus in the mother Mary. It's not Jesus and some kind of a philosophy. It's just Jesus. And so you can be saved today, but you've got to accept the sin substitute, which is Jesus Christ. Cain could have been justified before God, but he became angry when God rejected his sacrifice and accepted his brother Abel's sacrifice and Cain's true nature and his true attitude was revealed in Genesis chapter 4 when he murdered his brother. Now, there are three negative attitudes that I want to talk about before I talk about that attitude of gratitude. The first of these is complaining. One of the reasons God, time after time, judged the children of Israel is because they were constantly complaining about everything. God led them out of. Uh, a land of slavery and servitude and bondage where they had been imprisoned for 450 years. And when he got them out, he had to roll back the Red Sea and he provided water for them to drink. There were about 3 million of them and you can imagine how much water it took to slake their thirst and not just their thirst but the, the livestock that they had and he provided a table before, before them in the presence of, the, uh, 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 of their enemies and, and uh, he set a table in the wilderness. Uh, Psalm says, Psalm seventy-six. And yet they grumbled and complained about everything. He sent them manna from heaven, and they got tired of that. Then he sent them quail, and they ate it till it made them sick, and they got tired of that. And they grumbled about everything. And God brought judgment on them because they were constantly. Complaining. I can't speak for everybody, but I am grateful for every blessing God has given me today. I love to just look back and think about how good God's been to me. Sometimes I think he's been better to me than he has to anybody else. I can relate to what David said in Psalm 103, and he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. He said, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works of the children of men. For he satisfied the longing soul and filled the hungry soul with goodness. That they might sacrifice the sacrifice of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. I came by this morning, and those of you that are here and those of you that are watching me on television, listening on the radio, and you're watching on the internet, I want to tell you, there was a time when I was lost. There was a time when I was on my way to hell. But God reached down in mercy and love and brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the quagmire of sin. And he set my feet upon the solid rock and established my goings and put a new song in my mouth. Even praise unto God. Hallelujah. I want you to know there was a time when I was sick in body and I wasn't getting well, but God came to me at my point of need. Reached down and in his mercy and love healed my body and told me to run on. Hallelujah. And so I'm grateful today for everything that he has done For me, I'm grateful for his blessing. So here's the second thing. Criticize. Complaining is one thing. Criticizing something else. We have a tendency to criticize people and things that we don't understand. People that are different. You know folks are different. How many of you know people are different? I remember my wife and I went to Africa for three months. And we got to worship with the Zulus. Zulus. Now, I'm telling you something, folks. I'm glad those people are saved. Those are some fierce-looking people over there. And they, they can sing. Oh, they, man, it just uh, make the hair on your, your head uh, stand up. And it's just an awesome experience. But we saw some things. And it's funny how people's perception of beauty is different from culture to culture. We saw this woman that had rings around her neck from a child. They started putting rings around her neck to elongate her neck. She had a long, long neck and had all these rings around it. And lo and behold, they'd put those spacers in her ears, and she had something look like a yo-yo in each ear. I'm telling you. And then that to beat all, she had something I guarantee you look as big as a saucer in and her lips and and wrapped around and as like and. Wow, and, and yeah, whoo, man. And you know what? There was a, one of those big Zulu guys there, and he said, isn't she beautiful? I said, all righty then, you know? I mean, that was his ideal and he said oh she is so beautiful well people of different cultures uh, they they think uh, something's beautiful and they think something else is not beautiful but nowhere in the Bible when it talks about the kingdom of God is there any reference to the color of your skin, the shape of your face, the height of your stature none of that is important Paul said I went to heaven and he said I saw some things that are not lawful for a man to utter oh I wish I just knew one of them but he didn't tell us but he said, there's one thing I do know. After today, I don't know anybody after the flesh. Some of you are missing out on some great friendships because you've judged somebody based on the color of their skin or how they look or maybe what kind of car they drive. (laughs) Honey, I want to tell you, God gave everybody a piece of the puzzle and the more people you get to know that don't look like you, the more you're going to know about why God Put you on this earth. Turn around and slap a high five with somebody and say, you're my brother. You're my peeps. Amen. If we're we're not careful, we'll end up doing the work of the devil by criticizing people and causing people to feel bad about themselves. And, and, And the Bible says that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Listen, what is love anyway? It's not what you see in Hollywood, oh dear God, if that's love, deliver us. <laughs> Amen. I, I remember years and years ago, I, I never watched uh, any of these uh, uh, soap operas. But years ago, and uh, uh, what I don't even know the name of it. I'd have to ask my wife what the name of that soap opera is. I think it's still on. What is it? All My Children. You remember that? This has been 40 plus years ago it was on and I think there's one woman on there I don't know how many facelifts she's had but she's been stretched every which way I'm sure because she still looks about the same but she has fallen in love with everybody on that show you know and you hear the music I love you and I you you know, and they get in a big lip lock. Next thing you know, they get married. she had been married 47 times. It's always the same deal. And then they fall out of love just as fast as they fell into love. Amen? What does the Bible say about love? If you love somebody, listen one what it says. Love is patient and kind. Love is never jealous or envious. Love is never boastful or proud. Love is never haughty, selfish, or rude. Love does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable or touchy. Love does not hold grudges. Love, in fact, will hardly ever notice when others do it wrong. It's never glad about injustice, but rejoices when truth wins out. Hallelujah! I'm glad I have the love of God in me. Do you have the love of God dwelling in you? If you do touch somebody, say, I love you. And tell them, say, there's nothing you can do about it. And here's the third thing. The third bad attitude is condemning, condemning. Now, in Matthew 7, Jesus warned us about judging. Now, wait a minute. Hold a second. Pastor, aren't we supposed to judge? Yes, that's not the word. The word in the Greek is to condemn. See, everybody judges. You judge things every day. Every day. How many of you got up this morning and drank some coffee? Do you like, how many of you like coffee? What is wrong with you people? <laughs> coffee is terrible. It smells great, but it tastes horrible. Amen. Come on. So where's my non-coffee drinkers? Represent. There you go. See, it tastes burnt, doesn't it? And it's, it's false advertisement. And you don't even know where it came from, but you just, oh, I got to have me a cup of java this morning, you know. Now, I will admit, it makes you look grown up. <laughs> Sometimes my wife is sitting there sipping her coffee, and, and I'll get me a cup of hot chocolate or something, and I'll do the same thing, stick my little pinky out like, ooh, this is good, isn't it? It makes you look grown up mature and everything, but it, it, it really does stink. It's terrible, but Anyway. Here's the point. You don't know anything about that coffee, but you drank it. You came in here this morning, sat on that, uh, that, that chair. You don't know where that chair was made. You don't know one thing about that chair, but you had confidence it'll hold you up. We judge everything. We judge something, whether it be good for us or bad for us. This is not what he's talking about. He's talking about condemnation. He said, Jesus said, you are condemning people because they've got a speck, a little speck in their eye, and you've got a great big beam in your eye and he said don't condemn if you don't want to be condemned now Romans 5 and 1 says therefore being justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ chapter 8 verse 1 there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus 2 Corinthians 5 he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God through faith in Christ I'm not condemned by God and I'm not going around trying to condemn everybody I'm not going around saying you're totally worthless and and you just should Go on to hell because there's no hope for you. There's hope for everybody. I don't care who they are, what they've done. There's hope for everybody in Jesus Christ. Now, listen. I will add this. There's never been a sinner didn't know he was sin. He that he was sinning was a sinning. If if you know you are, it's because the Spirit of God is in you. You were created in the image of God. And you know it's wrong. You know it's wrong when you get drunk. You know it's wrong when you uh, are high on drugs. You know it's wrong if you're a homosexual. You know it's it's wrong if you're you're out here uh, 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 living uh, in sin. You're aware of it. God gave you that ability. But don't despair and don't give up hope and don't think that you're worthless. God loved you so much He gave His only Begotten Son, and He will save your soul and change your life. Hallelujah. How many of you believe when you get saved, y'all to go out of the sin and business? Say amen. That was a weak amen, but it's true anyway. But stop judging others and condemning others and relegating them uh, to hell. Now, here's what I want to t- tell you about your attitude uh, today your attitude and my attitude. It's our choice and our responsibility. I'm I'm responsible for it. It's the choice I make. I can either be happy or I can be sad. I can have victory or I can be defeated. But I choose today to bring my life into alignment with the word of God and adopt the attitude of Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 or 4 verse 22 says that you put off concern of the former conversation which means lifestyle, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Colossians 3 verse 1, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth for you're dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. So I've got a new attitude because i got a new life in Jesus Christ. Amen? So it's my choice. Now, let me show you how to do this thing. And believe it or not, there is a wrong way to give thanks. Now, it's hard to believe in it. I mean, that's such a praiseworthy act. It's just hard to imagine that there could be a wrong way to do it. And yet Jesus said there is. Look at, look at this. Luke chapter 18, verse 11. The Pharisee prayed. God, I thank you that I am not as other men. Ooh, what's wrong with that? I thank you because I'm not like the rest of these sinners. I thank you because I realize that I'm superior to all of these people. You know, you weren't born speaking in tongues. How many of you know that? You did not get to where you are just like you know, well, I've never had any sin in my life. I've never had anything that I'm ashamed of. I, listen, every one of us has got skeletons in our closets. Every one of us. <laughs> Notice how quiet it's getting. I'm not saying anything, Pastor. You know I'm talking to you. You know I am. And, and, and they said there was a preacher. He, he rode his bicycle everywhere he went, and he lost it. And he figured somebody stole it. He got him. and he was going to preach on the Ten Commandments. And when he got to that part where thou shalt not steal, he's going to bear down on that and find out who stole his bike. While he's preaching it hot and heavy until he got to that part, thou shalt not commit adultery. And he remembered where he left his bike. Some of you, you want to give off the, the aura that you are just about to be translated you're just walking so close I have to dip snuff to cut the power down to keep from just flying off to glory but you know who you are you know what you've done you know where you've been the good news is when in 1 Corinthians 6 when Paul begins to enumerate all the categories of sin he gets right on down to the end of it he said and such were some of you but now you're cleansed and now you're sanctified hallelujah I'm glad I've been forgiven. It feels good to be forgiven. Blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven. Pray with me right now, will you? Pray like this. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for everything you've done for me. Thank you for your goodness. And thank you for your grace. I give you my life, so have your way in my life and take control of my life until the time when Christ returns or you call me home. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. I'm grateful to God for His goodness, and I'm grateful that God put you where you are today. You're a part of this ministry. I want to do something for you today. So would you please call me now at 804-744-8881 And I'm going to send to you my good friend Chris Houston's book, Male to Man to Mentor. If you'll give me the name of the male in your home, it could be a husband, it could be a son, it could be a grandson, it could be a cousin, it could be a brother. I want to send to them this book absolutely free, and I'll even get Chris to put something in there to them. Okay? How about that? Call me now, 804-744-888. Now, after you give your heart to Christ, what's the most important thing in your life? To find that right church. And by that right church, I mean a Bible-believing, Christ-centered, Spirit-filled church. Join us right here at Victory Tabernacle this Sunday morning at 10 o'clock for two full hours of praise and worship and ministry from the Word. And always a time together in His presence around the altar. Don't forget the last Sunday. in every month is our Miracle Sunday, which means we have an additional service in our chapel at 6 o'clock. Then on Wednesday evening, you can find us in our Family Enrichment Night service where we have something special for every age group and every member of the family. It's fun, it's exciting, it's relevant. Royal Rangers for the boys, Missionettes for the girls, a dynamic youth program for teens called Battle Cry, and we have the vine for college and career-age young people, and I'm teaching in the main sanctuary. Then finally, I'd like for you to go to our website, that's victorytab.org. And check out our 24-hour internet radio network. It's called Victory Battle Cry. Check it out. And while you're there, let me remind you that if you cannot make it here in person on Sunday morning, you can always join us by Ustream. Just go to our website, victorytab.org, click on Ustream, and you can join us for our worship beginning at 11 o'clock every Sunday morning. Thanks again for being a part of our program. May the Lord bless you. And until we're together again like this around the Word of God, I want to remind you the Bible says this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And at Victory Tabernacle, faith brings the victory and miracles still happen. I love to hear people sing about a Jesus they really know. I'm with you, and He will never leave you, and He will never forsake you. Hallelujah. God, if you're doing anything, I don't want you to do it without me. Use me too. Walk through me. Hello, I'm Pastor Sam from the Victory Tabernacle Church of God here in Midlothian, Virginia, and I have some exciting news. We are beginning in January our remnant school of ministry. And if there's a calling on your life, I'm inviting you to be a part of this exciting adventure. Perhaps you feel like God has called you to be a pastor. I want to be able to share with you over 40 years of full-time experience in the ministry. You can have hands-on experience right here and be involved in everything from evangelism to administration. In fact, we have a worldwide television, and radio ministry and we will teach you everything that you need to know about how to put together a program that can reach millions for Jesus Christ perhaps you are interested in becoming an evangelism pastor we have outreach ministries to the community and you can be a part of that as well maybe you want to be a children's pastor you can have uh, an opportunity to become involved in children's ministries that we have right here at Victory. You can become a part of our worship. You can become a part of our outreach. You can even become a missionary with us. Every year, we minister to thousands of people around the world through missions. Today, you can take advantage of it, and I promise you that if you'll stay with us for three years, you can have your license. You can be credentialed either in the church of God or in the assembly of God. For more information, you can go to our website at victorytab.org or you can call us here at 804-744-8881. I believe God has something great in store for you, and I believe that God's anointing is on your life to do great things for Him in the future. Let us be a part of that. God bless you.